What is up, all you beautiful people? You are listening to episode 25, part two, with author and paranormal researcher James A. Willis. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to part one with James, definitely go check that out. In this episode, James goes into why ghost stories are a part of our history. Also, UFO sightings in Ohio and all across the region, and the real story behind Woodrow Derenberger and Injured Cold. Also, we talk about the potential nexus of strange being sacred sites across the U.S. and the world. This was such a great episode, and we appreciate the hell out of all of you listeners across the U.S. and the globe. You guys are the best, and I just wanted to shout out all the different cities that tune into our show. We've got Columbus, Ohio, Seattle, Washington, Chicago, Illinois, New York, New York, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Georgia, Houston, Texas, McCormick, South Carolina. Thank you so much, all of you guys. We really couldn't do this show without you. And a shout out to all the people across the globe listening to the show as well. Japan, United Kingdom, Canada, Mexico, New Zealand, Australia. Thank you to all of you. You guys are the best. Take care. Mikey out. Bye-bye. What's your next place that you guys are going to investigate? I don't know. You have something on the radar or something you're currently researching now? There are two private residences that are on there, and there is... Those are the only ones that I know. I know we're going to go back to the Defiance Public Library. Okay. And then there's a couple of other um, locations that we have lined up because my um, – I guess I can make, make this announcement. But uh, my Ohio's Historic Haunts, which I did with um, Kent State University in 2015, okay. which I say is like my Sergeant Pepper because that was the, the one nice. – al- that was the, the album, the book I always wanted to write. And, yeah. and Kent State came to me and they said, you seem to – being in this goat stuff, we want to kind of do something, but we are a university. So do yep. you have, you know, an angle that's unique? And my angle was kind of like what we were talking about earlier is that ghost stories is that ghost stories are part of history mm-hmm. and that some historic locations over time gain a reputation as being haunted. Mm-hmm. And that even if you can't validate the haunting, that ghost story can still work to keep actual history alive. Mm-hmm. 100%. And for that book, there were 21 historic locations in Ohio. They got its own chapter, and it was divided into thirds. The first third, straight history, when it was built, who built it, that sort of thing. The second third were the ghost stories. No internet stuff, no got it from other books. They were one-on-one interviews with owners, employees. That's great. That I sat across the table and it ended up being like 220 hours worth of interviews because I wanted to be able to tell people who said, did they really, did that really happen to them? I can say, I don't know, but I looked them dead in the eyes and never called BS. They believed Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. They believe. And I think that's the power of the ghost story. Yeah. The last third was me getting locked in the building overnight. So all of that is I can now say that since 2015, that's been the one book that's kind of just chugging away. Um, 
they finally decided it needs a part two. So nice. we're in the process yeah. of lining up. That's awesome. These historic oh, yeah. locations that are man. That's awesome. That's awesome. You got that nose for it. I'm telling you. But yeah. the interesting thing about that is, for the first one, I needed twenty locations. Okay. They just had to be historically. They had to be in Ohio, historically significant, with a reputation as being haunted. If I went in and did an investigation, didn't find anything, I'm of the mindset. Doesn't mean you're not haunted. Mm-hmm. Ghostly fish weren't biting that night. Didn't mm-hmm. get it. It was just mainly bringing it all together. Mm-hmm. Right. I thought me coming in as a published author, Kent State University backing it, and that I wasn't coming in and saying there's a portal to hell in the basement yeah. and all this kind of stuff. These locations would be jumping all over it. They were close to 400 locations that were contacted in order to get the 21. Hmm. Some were like, we're not really haunted. And I get that. Other places were like, we do tours here for schools, and we don't want to run the risk of some people saying, I get that. Other ones were just like, no, and I don't know why. We're hitting the same thing with this one, where I can be like, look at this book. (laughs) You're going to be just like this. And I don't know. I think part of it is, sadly, that ghost hunting— has gotten, it's now, you're like control. those TV shows. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's I'm sure. reality TV, those words shouldn't come together. You're running into some brick walls because people have an idea of, before you even get in the door, they've got something built up in their mind of Correct. who this crew is, who the, who you are. Yes. Based off of, unfortunately, some of these shows that, you know, have come out to be completely bogus. And, um, you know, so, I mean... We would love to get you in contact with Tom because I think, I think Tom's property and the Dollar General, I mean, you have uh, these poor managers at the Dollar General. Come and Tom will come into, in there and just, you know, getting a couple things here and there and like, oh, you wouldn't believe what happened again. All the change, just the pennies were uh, created weird, into weird a circle. Uh, they come over the, to the rock shop and they come up to him and they go, they're hey, like, hey, do you, you gotta talk know to you about this place? Like, is this store haunted? He'll really? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He yes. can watch the lights flicker on and off across the street at night. Wow. And, and in Lots his house, stuff. too. So across the street. Pots Tom's, dropping off the shelves. He thinks there's a little unmarked cemetery back behind the rock shop that could have something to do with it. Um, but, I mean, I think Tom, he would be chomping at the bit to, because to, he said he's had paranormal investigators out there, and they've been they've gotten they so leave. freaked out that they just leave. Really? They yeah. don't want to be there. And he's like, you know, we've had groups come out, and they, they all just they take off. They got what they were looking for. And and see, I tell him, I said I'm sorry for that because I, my yeah. whole thing is that's what you wanted to have happen. And yeah. I they must I, not have been I, ready for it. I, I don't know. The thing that I personally take issue with is that I, when I watch these shows, I can look at it as what it is entertainment. Yeah, right. Yeah. And people who want to go out and just. Run around cemeteries at night. Don't do that. It's illegal. But if they want to do that and just scare each other, I'm fine with that. But when you're crossing the line and you are going into people's homes, Mm -hmm. you are looked upon as being an expert, regardless of whether or not you are. And I will preach to all of my investigators. I'm like, you are now an expert. Yeah. How you act 
you are going to change these people's lives forever. And if you walk in and you get scared, you better not run. You better mm-hmm. not do anything because this is their home. Those guys kind of ran. That's, that's, yeah, but that's, Tom's, Tom's pretty tough to where he was like, oh, I guess it just wasn't for them. Yeah, you know he's like I'm going it's back just in the so house. It's so wrong though. It's like yeah. what, what are you now? Now I will. I always admit that I watch these ghost shows, and when they're like, "Why don't you come and get me?" I'm like, "Get him! Oh, get him! Yeah, real, right, get right, him! Good, right!" You can get what you and then they for. run, hey. and I'm like, well, yeah. "What are you running for?" You get, if you ask, yes. sometimes you will receive. Um, oh, I firmly believe that. I mean, I would, you know, something that I'd be interested with that is obviously, you know, getting you in contact with Tom, but having us come out and kind of shoot the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Oh, I was already thinking I would want to go see that. You know, the before and after interviews and I'll help. And, you know, that could be a really cool project for all of us to because the mystery of Tom's property and everything that's going on. And yeah. with the the crater being there, and Serpent Mound being there, yeah. and all the just uh, burial mounds, and you know the electromagnetic activity that they have just from the crater causes all these yeah. weird weather patterns and disturbances and cars uh, to die while you're driving them. Car, film crews will wow. all their batteries die. Batteries. Um, you know there is legit this electromagnetic phenomena out there yeah. that uh, AEP has gone out there. The electric company wow. or DPNL or whoever it was. He has that fault line in the middle of the road right by his house. Yeah, fault lines there. melted the the power lines. Like the wind came up and and kicked up so much energy, it melted the power lines, and they told me, hey, you got a fault line right here. This is 100% a real phenomenon. Wow. You know, the the electric company came out and told him right to his face. He said they rolled up and he went, well, yeah, they melted because there's a fault line, and they looked at all their schematics and everything, and they went, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like they didn't right. even question him about how the power lines melted. They're yep. like, Tom, what you his... just said is exactly wow. correct. Mm-hmm. He's all, I mean, and he's he's a knowledgeable guy. Like the guy from NASA that came out there to say, hey, where's the uh, breccia? Mm-hmm. I'm looking for these little particles because Serpent Mountain is an impact crater and we need to find these. This and... is before it was confirmed that it was an impact crater. Yeah. Really? Tom had already, you know, him moving there to study uh, trilobites, giant, yeah. the largest trilobites yeah. in the world. That's Tom's thing. His, his trilobite collection was on lease to the Smithsonian. It's now inside the rock shop. That's its home now. Yep. All his trilobite collections, and there's a little mini, uh, you know, uh, whole gallery in there with, you know, inside wow. the rock shop. And he and, still digs. And so NASA stops by his rock shop and they're like, hey, <laughs> we're looking for Breccia. Do you know where that might be? Oh, yeah, I'll take you there. Come on, let's go. So he was the guy <laughs> on the ground showing these scientists that then confirmed because right. they had the smoking right. gun. Yeah. And uh, we did a video with Tom called the Serpent Mount Impact Crater Tour. He's been doing this tour for like 20 years, taking people around the crater. So we shot it, shot him in the rock shop telling all the story. And, and uh, you know, we got a hold of the oh, ODNRs, uh, micro quartz, micro crystal that they had scanned. Yeah. That shows like that's the proof of it being an impact crater wow. is when they scan. So we went ahead and got that image from ODNR, just submitted a whole thing. It's in the video. And it's, and um, it was just an amazing day to shoot that with him. But, um, That's wild. Like I said, Tom can—he's uh, kind of a, a lightning rod, and and you know Jeffrey Wilson lives right down the road, <laughs> so it's like to have those two guys out there that yeah. just have um, yeah, unbelievable uh, amount of information. But um, 
you know, to connect the dots, I think, is that's something we're, we're pretty good at is, is trying to help other people get connected. But I think if you guys are looking for uh, a place to research, it Love could it. be yeah, I, very interesting. It, it, it just dawned on me right during all of that. I was like, oh, you should really meet Tom. <laughs> yeah. If you're into yeah. ghost hunting, yeah. What about yeah. you? I got a question. What about like I'm, UFOs? Anything great. in that? Great anything question. in that vein with the weird and the strange? And I, I know maybe. Oh yeah. You have, are you open to all that? Have you done UFO research? Have you? I've I've done a lot. I'm working on a not yet named book okay. on. Um, to give too much away, but sure, it's, a, sure. it's a certain year where it looked like all hell broke loose in terms of sightings um, across the world, actually, mm. with different kind of creatures coming out of things. It just mm. and like the Van Meter Visitor, he Van Meter Iowa, <laughs> or any of those type of that. Seems, they're like that, but yeah. yeah, but that, but they were very similar in that you've kind of got a one-off kind of. Yeah, these things, but I've started plotting these things out, and the part that's again fascinating to me is I look at this and I'm like, "Why the hell hasn't anybody else looked at all that?" Like, yeah, I'm like, "What is the and and it's become where when everybody's like, "Well, what are the new UFO sightings?" And I'm like, "I yeah. don't, I don't know, man, but look at all this stuff." So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the UFOs I've been. Since probably the early 80s, because there was um, the Hudson Valley UFO sightings, Mm -hmm. which were Night Siege, the book, and it's been featured all over. I saw that craft twice. Mm. Um, It was not a plane. It wasn't. I also did see, which is it's kind of comical, is that... um, some people will say that it was actually just a bunch of planes in formation. I don't want to get into a conspiracy theory, but I saw those. Mm-hmm. Um, you heard their engines. Right. Um, it seemed like maybe they were tweaked to be kind of loud. People said there were Christmas lights hanging off of them. You're not going to see Christmas lights that high. No. But, but they, were, they were clearly fake. Hmm. Um, this thing was huge. Um, didn't make a sound. Um, it was the, the the weirdest thing that I've actually ever seen, like, wow, up in the sky. What? How did you, yeah. you were just, like, were you just outside playing? Were you outside walking? How did you just... Here's, here's the weirdest... How did it come about? That's <laughs> And this shows, like, the, it's a sign of the times, is I was coming home on the quick way, which is basically it had four lanes, so that was the big... You know, in this tiny little town that I grew up in, yeah. um, I managed a record store, and I just closed up and was getting onto the quick way. And as I was pulling on, there's hardly ever anybody out on this road. And we're going, and I noticed that there's cars pulled off on like the side, but like a bunch of them. So I kind of slow down, thinking it's an accident. It's nighttime, okay. And then everybody is out of their cars, and they're just all looking over that way. And I looked, and I was like, oh my. What is that? Um, and it looked to me like the, the first time that I saw it, it looked like an ice cream cone on its side. So it was white lights that kind of came down to a point where there was a single red light. It was just all white Weird. lights like that. And you could see even from that distance. So you're looking across this four lane. 
there was something, I don't want to say it was blacking out, but the inside of the cone, if that makes sense, there was something solid there because there were stars out and everything, but there was nothing in that sort of sideways V. Yeah. And it was just moving. So I got out of the car and stood like everybody else did. Hmm. And eventually it went over the hillside and disappeared. And then we all got in our cars and just went home. <laughs> was it written about in the papers, I would assume? A couple of days later, it showed up in the papers, yeah. And you wow. saw it another time? Another time. And this was when my friend uh, Chris and stuff, that all of a sudden became a thing. We were like, we got to go find this thing. So we were running around like Storm King Mountain, which I just love the name of that. Storm That's a great Boss. name, yeah. Storm Jesus. King Mountain. You know, it's got to be stuff. Weird that, shit's going on there and for sure. this big thing. But now it's not... Like a sideways ice cream cone, it's like flat now, so it's coming across like this. It just comes over the top of the mountain, and it's just going like that. And again, it's sort of like a V when you were looking up with the red light, and it just moved across. So we couldn't get close enough to see it, but again, you couldn't see through the center of the V. It never made any sound. And it's, so again, strange. it's pre-cell phones, it's pre-anything. Right. And I, I often, like, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Because we went out looking for it, and we had gone out several times just trying to find it. I mean, it was showing up all over. We never thought to bring a camera. <laughs> and it's just like, what What were we thinking? So yeah. when everybody goes like... <laughs> hey, you ever gone on vacation and forgot something you really needed, like a passport? You know what, though? And this is something I, I talk about quite a bit. You know, I'm not a paranormal investigator. I'm not, you know... Right. But something we do is video production. We shoot a lot of video right. and concerts. And you can have a seven-camera shoot. You might miss... The lead or the beginning of a lead or an, a, an amazing hit or something, the lead singer. You could have all those cameras. Right. But and still not the, get it. And not get yeah. something that you look back after show like, damn, dude, we missed that moment. You know, we have that. That's why so I So that's what the, the seven camera shoot. This is. Right. So to have even a camera with you to see something, first of all, like if I had a, a rigged out my our. FS7 in there, our Sony FS7 camera. If I had that rigged out on a great tripod and I was sitting there waiting and waiting and then all of a sudden it comes over here and then to have like a long focal length lens to be in the right place at the right time, ready to go with that system. Right. Most people don't have access to that stuff. They have camera phones. So to get your phone out or to get your... That's not going to record you know, very to well get, either. You know, let's say you have a Canon Mark uh, 5D Mark III, amazing photography camera with a big long lens and the best photographer in the world more than likely is going to miss that shot mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's really 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 yeah. freaking hard when people say oh why didn't you get it on film or or how come you yeah, know you didn't get a picture argument. yeah it just drives me crazy it I'm doesn't like, hold Man, much water anymore a lot of things and you miss stuff even when you're prepared and prepped mm-hmm. and go in it, a lightning storm and try to time a lightning bolt to oh catch geez. it <laughs> yeah i'll tell you what use a long exposure it'll happen but you, you know it'll it'll strike at some right. point in that but like i said even though you had if you would have brought a camera you know, a lot of people have the camera and they're so freaked out that they just forget that they yeah, even and this have was it. back in the days with the little Instamatic that it was. Like, oh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Like Kolchak, the Night Stalker kind of thing with the That's... little thing, the little flash strip on the top. The little so, strobe bulb. Yeah, even if we had it, there wouldn't have been anything to get there. But when I moved to Ohio and again was just like kind of sort of immersing myself in things, I started noticing that 
any major UFO crash in the United States went through right pat. Oh yeah. Well yeah. Oh yeah. Right pat goes we deep. We talked about this extensively. I used to live in Dayton for a while near it. And and when you go and and it's intri- I, I've gotten to the point where it makes sense to me because they have a division and they had it there mm-hmm. not only Project well, Blue Book but they Heineck had a reverse was from engine. Ohio State yeah. University and they had the whole program was run out of right Exactly. Yeah. They had a reverse engineering They program. have they have a group which does reverse engineering and at the time when Roswell and even Kecksburg mm-hmm. right part of their mission statement was that they were to reverse engineer alien Technology, right? But that basically meant if it fell out of the sky and we don't know where it came from, could be German, could be Russians, could be right. from Jupiter. Right, it right. was alien. Yep. They would bring it there and be like, "Can you reverse engineer this?" So that makes sense. That all of these UFO things, if something fell out of the sky, they would send it back there to see yeah. how they could put it together. And that's really why, dude. All roads lead to right, Pat. Even it, John Keel's Mothman and all that stuff, yeah. weird stuff, was led it all back, goes back in there to to right, Pat, right down the road, dude. Yeah, I want to strike on another weird topic that James might be into. Are any Men in Black stories? Any Men in Black uh, witnesses that you've ever encountered? I've or? talked to a couple of them, and even. Um, I was at Mothman like decades ago, Mothman Festival yeah, and stuff, yeah, and met mm-hmm. like so met like Linda Scarberry and some of the original no witnesses shit. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but did talk yeah. to several people there that claimed that they had seen the Men in Black, but I've never seen one. And in all honesty, a lot of times the stories that I was told was like maybe it was just a government official. Yeah, it. I, I didn't. I've never interviewed anybody that had said the the thing about where like they, I don't know, pick up a pen and they yeah, upset, they don't, you know, they, they don't they know, know how to work, how yeah, to eat pen. jello or right. use a spoon, use or, a fork, yeah, have all wires the, coming out, yeah, all yeah. kinds of weird. They seem stuff. like androids where they're kind of like yes. awkward and weird. And yeah, so never really met anyone or interviewed somebody that went claim that they had seen something that far. Most of the men in black people that, that I've interviewed. They came across as that it was basically they were threatening, but it was kind of like a military person that was yeah. basically dressed in, a, you know, a business suit sort yeah. of thing yeah. that was like, knock it off. Don't go looking for that. And I mm. totally believe that those oh, yeah. type of things. And I also <clears throat> did do a lot of research into um, Darren Berger's uh, Indrid Cole, Woodrow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, which, um, yes, um, who had. They, there's a weird thing where Keel tried to make it be those two things, cold and the grinning man. Yeah, I, I don't think they're the same. Really, because cold doesn't grin per se. He doesn't have that. That I, came out of like Jersey. And I'm those familiar with the grinning man part. I, and I've read the book, but I, I don't re- recall that. What's the grinning man portion of his account? It's, well, a lot of the ad- adaptations of the artwork yes, is with Andrew Cold is grinning like a yeah, weirdo. Like a sinister thing. Yeah. That is not in uh, – Darren Berger doesn't make any mention of him mm-hmm. looking like like right. sinister. He's yeah. – if anything, because his stories, Darren Berger's stories go on that, that – that, they go off in strange little tangents, but that mm. yeah. Cold visits him for years – 
afterwards. So it's really? not just that. It, mm. it, it, there's a whole. Um, I didn't and, know that. I didn't know that it kept going on after. And his daughter is still. Um, I chatted with her on Facebook that she has. It was a whole weird mythos, but yeah, but basically, Indrid Cole, there were, he brought like his family out to meet Woodrow like years later. And what? so there's Damn. like the, the story goes, but my point being is that in none of them is he this he sort grinning. of sinister right. grinning man. But though that. Well, he was speaking with him telepathically. <clears throat> he wasn't coming off as. Correct. Yeah. Darren wasn't scared. You know, he wasn't, if he would have been came, like grinning like that, he would have been freaked out. But it was, uh, you know, the messages that he was getting were very benign. Yeah, yeah and that that story is the, what is the grinning man type stories is in, I believe it's in Mothman Prophecies. And because of that, I think mm. the Derenberger sighting has now been sort of uh. morphed into being part of... Mothman prophecies, right? When really, I don't think there is They're a connection between Mothman and Indrid Cold, as w- yeah. despite what yeah. movie tried to do, but, right? Now they yeah, wove yeah. that together. But well, the, the book was a lot different than the movie. It was a, a lot different. I mean, it I has tell a people, lot more in it: UFOs, correct, and Men in Black, and yep. phone taps, and phone numbers, and all that. The journalists That's why from even Athens with the doppelganger voice stuff. Yes. That was hap- that's what I'm saying. That was happening to Keel. People would be like, oh, I just spoke to you. And he's like, I didn't call you. Correct. What the hell are you talking about? But the, the grinning man version is, I, I'm 99% sure it's in Mothman Prophecies. But yeah. it was two boys that's in New Jersey, I believe, that saw this sinister looking man in black type thing. That had that grin. That's see, and, that's and they, what I now, remember. They've hearing. now jammed together. Where you're yes. exactly right. Yes. that they will say that Indrid Cold is the grinning man. That they're one yeah. of the same. And they're, the they're grinning not. man has a black top hat. Yes, it's very men, men in black. It with totally a was, dude. Now that you're they, saying that, he's become an amalgam of all of these different yep. things getting thrown together. Where, yep. where again, I my biggest fear with all of that is. You're going to lose. It's kind of like the Loveland Frog Band. Those mm-hmm. 1955 creatures, not a frog. Let's stop saying that. It's something different because otherwise we're going to lose that. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. I think you're going to lose what they're calling the Grinning Man because he's now become, like I said, this amalgam from. Yeah. And he's, like I said, he's not part of Mothman prophecies, but he, he is now. Just like the whole thing yeah. of. Mothman being seen in all of these other places, that came from the end of the book, of the movie, The Mothman Prophecies, yeah. which the director has actually said, I kind of made that up. Yeah, that it was seen over liberties. Chernobyl and stuff. And- yeah, they take <laughs> liberties. Well, in the, uh, you know, was, Mothman was seen over the um, that big giant mound in West Virginia. That was another area that apparently has been seen multiple times. Um, you know, mounds are always connected to crop circles yes. and, and weird, you know, the Bigfoot. And it, it's interesting. I, I think the, the earthworks and mounds here, I have a theory and I've talked about it, but I think is kind of the nexus for the strange in Ohio. I think that those sites have activated something on the land of, uh, I don't know, but it feels like why Ohio's been so strange for so long. We have... Like undercover strange. It's like the undercurrent of all the weird stuff 
is the earthworks and the mounds and like that geometry? Um, is it opening up doorways? Is it all, you know, crackpot stoner theories, of course, here, but I mean, it's fun to think about. It's but like, I, th- I think people ask me all the time, it. why is Ohio so weird? I'm like, I don't know. The yeah. mounds are everywhere. There were 10,000 of them. And, and they go they to like Serpent to, Mound. It's a weird a place. Swooping generalization where they're like, oh, this is the Adena culture. Oh, and you're like, but Too but so. what is the Adena culture? Ah, it's in Adena. And after a, and you're the like, Adena mansion. And I think there is something yeah. to what you said, which is that if you look back at these before modern times where we were no longer living outside and doing things, yeah. there had to be a reason why they chose those locations yep. to build these sort of sacred sites. So, Inside so of did a- they already know? I mean, I think I know that our ancestors were a lot closer to the outside world than we are because we go home at yeah. night and we watch TV and we don't, you know, we don't, and, we don't live out in nature, so we're yeah. not as in tune. We barely as we ever touch were. nature, it, correct? Right. And so well, nature Mount, wants to kill us now. Mother Nature's had enough of us, and right? Is trying to bump us off. And Serpent Mound being built right inside that crater, they mm-hmm. knew that crater was there. Right. They had to have. They had. They to built have. it right inside in this perfect yes. spot, right on top of this ridge. And you're telling me they didn't know that that weird energy of that crater and, and that fault line and, and you know, the, it's a perfect spot. I mean, I've seen the Milky Way galaxy at night and the property, Jeff's property at the summer solstice event. Last summer, we saw the band of the Milky Way. I mean, the stars are incredible. Wow. If you're going to have a celestial calendar, that property, that whole area is the spot in Ohio. To be, I mean, I've seen great stars in Athens out at the White Buffalo Ranch, but I mean, it's unbelievable stargazing for Ohio. You know, I've been to New Mexico and some places like that, that like Chaco Canyon up, you know, 7,000 feet up in the high desert where there's no humidity in the air. So you've got that. But I mean, there's no light pollution. They're walking around. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to do except become an expert. On astronomy <laughs> and follow the seasons. Right. Uh, you know, we got off on a tangent there. One thing I wanted to bring up, and and this is, uh, we had the Hollow Sky podcast on our on our show uh, a couple months back, and uh, they're real into the paranormal world, but they had been told about this cemetery in southern Illinois that they refer to as Cemetery X. And not sure if you've ever heard of this cemetery, but they were told, hey, do not go to this. This guy, Ghost Hunter Dave, tells them, hey, this is serious. Like, I wouldn't go to this place if I were you. It's not for, you know, kind of for the faint of heart. And they ended up going to this cemetery and brought some things home with them. They tell the whole story on our podcast. Fascinating story. Uh, And both of the general, uh, Kyle and Steve, both had things happening in their house, um, Hmm. but saw this tall, uh, this giant shadow uh, hooded figure that they've referred to as the Watcher. And I was just wondering if you had ever heard about Cemetery X, uh, any of this type, something close to that. No, but I, I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They could probably hook you up. Yeah. They that, could, that's another, I mean, I don't know how many volumes you guys are in for Weird U.S., 
or uh, you know any other books coming down the line in terms of like the scope of the United States. But uh, I always felt like, man, that needs to have a proper, uh, a really you know Burton from Local Legends and some of the guys we've been hanging out with. But they're looking at putting together a trip to go back, and so hey. Could be. I'm, yeah, I'm I'd be going. in for it. I mean, I've when I'm it comes to cemeteries, going. I don't think in general they're as haunted as many people would lead you to believe. Simply yeah. because, <clears throat> just because there's dead people there, right? They, they probably, unless they're weird like me, probably when they come back, don't want to hang around a cemetery. Yeah, you know, they want to. Ha- and by the time they get to the cemetery, you know, same thing could be said for like funeral homes, things like that. They're they're already passed. But I have come across cemeteries where where I tend to get really emotional when it comes to ghosts is I, I'm not scared of them yeah. because I feel sorry for them. Because I always go back to when I was a little kid, you would hear this stereotypical story of like, oh, a husband and wife, you know, and they loved each other and they built this house specifically to live out their days. And then he gets called away to like the war. Yeah. And so she goes up and, you know, she waits for him to come back up in the window and, you know, and he never comes back. And now you see her ghost up there waiting for him to come back. Breaks my heart. Yeah, so right. Sympathy for Breaks. It. Yeah. It's just because a never-ending cycle of sadness. For I mean, that how much spirit? would that suck? Is yeah. that you yeah. spend your life and then you consciously or unconsciously make a decision that I'm going to stay here and wait for him, and now he's not coming back, and you're all alone with like the Beetlejuice thing with a couple of jackholes right. who moved in right. that you're trying to get rid of, and so modern art enthusiasts, yeah. assholes. I think, <laughs> and you had mentioned like earlier the idea of like. Abandoned cemeteries or something being built over a cemetery. I think that that could lead to hauntings if for no other reason. I believe that if you... Like in Chillicothe. Your greatest fear as a ghost, as a human being, would be to be forgotten. Yeah, So I I think that that's why cemeteries, if they get knocked over, the headstones are taken off something, that could end up with— Like Tom's Backyard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Tom's Backyard, because you don't—the ghost just is like, don't—I was real at one point. Do not forget me. So I've always been intrigued with cemeteries, especially long-forgotten ones, because I'm like— is somebody out I mean, there just going, I once was. I, I once right. did things. Right. Chillicothe and Waverly, Ohio, both have cemeteries that have a giant mound in the middle of yes. it. We just put our cemetery on top of another <clears throat> ancient burial Correct. ground. And going back to what you had it's, said there's about a lot an of those, ancient dude. site, why did they say, that's where we're going to bury our dead? There has to be something with that And then spot. because we're, you know, lazy Americans, we're like, well, we'll just put ours on top of that, you know? Yeah, it's So ridiculous. I get that. I get that. That's just laziness. But but in the beginning, when there was nothing there, these people that were very into sacred sites, why did they say, that's the point where we right. are going to put our ancestors? Yeah. So I think there is something to these sort of sacred sites. I don't think they yeah. were randomly placed. Now, in the American Southwest, you'll go, when you see, you go through, you know, whether it's <clears throat> northern New Mexico, Albuquerque has petroglyph parks, uh, Sedona, the Verde Valley, you'll always see handprints and spirals in mm. the petroglyphs. And our Jeep tour guide, Kevin, in 2010, we took an Earth Wisdom Jeep tour. He played Native American flute. The first time we ever got smudged at the, on this beautiful, out in the middle of nowhere on this vortex. And Kevin said these handprints, these petroglyphs are them 
going around and feeling, is this the spot? Mm. This, and then the handprint meant there's energy here. There's something here. So they're putting their hands on the rocks. And then they're the spirals and the different uh, geoglyphs. Uh, I'm sorry, the different glyphs with, mm-hmm. um, they look like mazes and so forth. Um, you know, we went to uh, a petroglyph park called V Bar V uh, outside of Sedona in the Verde Valley uh, in 2021, and uh, the the. Uh, park ranger on the inside uh we went and just checked out the visitor center and uh they had up on wall that they had a basically a a serpent petroglyph Mm. that they had just found out in the last year that it's actually a winter solstice and summer solstice calendar with the equinoxes and it has seven bends in the serpent on this petroglyph and it's marked by shadow play on the wall with another rock that they had inserted and somehow arranged to where the dagger of light comes and hits this serpent. So I say to the guy, I'm like, have you ever heard of Serpent Mound in Ohio? He's like, never heard of it. (laughs) So then we go and get a tour. The guy tells us the whole story about this serpent petroglyph. I ask him, have you ever heard about the Serpent Mound in Ohio? No, never heard of it. Well, it's got seven bends. And it's a summer solstice calendar, equinox calendar. He was blown away. Sat there and chatted with this guy. Um, Not much is known about this, but all over that wall are spirals and handprints and animals and all these other things. And it has an equinox and solstice calendar, just like we have right here in Ohio. Now, the legend of the Hopi is that the Hopi actually say that they came here and helped build the Serpent Mountain. Now, Jeff says that, you know, there's so many serpent mounds in mm-hmm. America um, that we know of. There's 10 that he's researched. So is it our serpent mound? He's not too sure, but. Uh, That's wild. You know what I mean? So these places, like you said, have some sort of, is it magic? Is it energy? Is Do they sense that there's, this is the spot? This is where we're going to bury our dead. Yeah, I I think there has to be something to it. And it reminds me of, um, as I said, whenever we're doing like a ghost investigation, we kind of just explore all different avenues. Mm -hmm. And um, Josh, one of our members, when he had first joined with his wife, I don't know how we got on the subject, but I was he was talking about how he was getting like all this these great EVPs and doing a lot of stuff. And I was really jealous. And I said something along the lines of, well, how do you figure out where do you go in the investigation to get all this stuff? And he said something, I might be paraphrasing, but he said, I let the house tell me where to go. Mm. And I thought that was so brilliant in its simplicity because normally when it's like, okay, we're going to this haunted spot and the second floor is haunted and the basement over here is haunted. Let's go down there. But what he does is he goes in and he just walks around. And when he's like, I don't know, I'm just feeling a little different over here. So kind of like you were saying, they were touching it and saying, is this the spot? Right. So what we've started doing recently on investigations, we will walk through the house. Okay. And we'll get, if it's a bigger place, we'll get a tour. We don't want to know the ghost history. We just want to know the different things. And we'll just kind of see if we feel anything. We will then come back together and then be like, Okay, let's go walk around for a little bit. Yeah. And we just sort of wander around. We get back together. And I'm like, do you feel anything? And some people will be like, I think I want to go there. I want to go here. And then what I think is the most important thing is 
we break off for about 10 or 15 minutes. Some people do self-guided meditations. Up until recently, people go smoke. But it was just like clear your head because that's the one Mm -hmm. thing that Mm -hmm. we've realized. You drive two and a half hours. You get to the location. You go to dinner before. You have a lot of caffeine. You go and you spend two hours setting up all the equipment. Then you shut off the lights and you're like, investigate. And you're like, where do we we go? What do we do? (laughs) Hit the reset button where we, you know. I There's sit there and I'm like, that. when I get home, I've got to get these two checks in the mail. I've got to do this. Mm-hmm. I got a nine o'clock. I got to do this and then be like, let it go. Because yep. right now I'm here. To, because I think when you hold all that in, yeah. you're not making yourself open to having that mm-hmm. experience. Just be like, right now I am here and I am going to make myself open yep. to an experience because it's. Kind of like what you had mentioned earlier. It's kind of like how do you make yourself more open to it, but make yourself nicer, cooler, just more approachable. Right. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, sometimes when people are like looking for something so intently too, that's almost the other side of things where you're not going to experience anything because you're so over hyper-focused. Exactly. Where you should really just be grounded. And, you know, I like to burn sage and and herbs and and it it helps me release. Mm -hmm. It helps me get kind of like, hey, anything I'm holding on to, just put that out into the universe yep. where it's better handled and, you know, just be open and calm. And, you know, anytime I've done that, I've always had a, an experience in a situation where I didn't expect it, where you meet somebody out of the blue that you would have never, ever expected to meet that yep. day. And you just get your mind blown. Yeah. So I would imagine that paranormal research isn't any different. And that's a good approach. It's a really... Nobody's really doing that. I no, don't think no. so. No, and I, I see a lot of people that are doing almost the complete opposite, opposite where they're yeah. being very aggressive and it's well, kind of know, they're being negative. Bigfoot and it's like, well, you're going to draw in that negative energy. Then. Right, right. Bigfoot hunters. I mean, we met, um, oh, gosh, I can't remember her name. This woman, she used to work with um, uh, dolphins and stuff. And she got invited out to Oklahoma where they're having all these family of Sasquatch, these encounters. Wow. And they invited her out there, and she's just really chill, you know, very relaxed. And and they would have them all circle around a campfire, and they would just sit calm. Mm-hmm. And until everyone in that circle was calm, nothing would happen. Then they would this family of squatches would slowly start coming in and make themselves known. And the one night, one peeked their head in the door of the RV when she was getting ready to lay down. And it was, uh, she said it was a female and just kind of peek her head in there and, uh, and just like, Oh, you're right there. And because I think, because the way they go about it, like you with your investigations is they're not out there in the woods banging on trees and, you know, making hoops and hollers. Like let's sit quietly and see what, can come to us. Um, man, you would get along with our friend Jessica Jones, the cryptid hunter. She was in here earlier. Her first couple Bigfoot hunts, the, they used her as bait, just like James. Mm-hmm. And she talks about, and they've done work with portals too. Really? She's done some interesting work with uh, cool. portals. They do, uh, um, she's focused in uh, remote viewing. Okay. And so has been kind of trained and working in that space and wow. doing 
different types of paranormal research um, across the the span, but uh, does cryptid research as well. And um, yeah, she's uh, she's she's very interesting. But it just made me think of that when you said you used yourself as bait. I'm always willing to be the bait. I, I know, mean, dude. I, I love that about people because I'm like. James, you go ahead and be the bait. I'm going to be way yeah. over here, dude. Yeah, I'm going to be in the studio. <laughs> but I just always heard so many st- stories on paranormal investigations where, like, people aren't ready for what could be there. Like, you hear about demonic hauntings where it's not connected to the home, and that entity or whatever can latch itself onto you, and the next thing you know, you got all this scratching in the in the walls is kind of a typical, mm-hmm. um, you know, you hear that there's, um, you know, just really odd things, and it kind of starts slowly. Have you had any or heard any stories or had any experience with what could be considered a demonic haunting? Not really demonic. I am certainly what I would call like negative energy, yeah. but I kind of approach it a little differently in that I think if you were a jackhole when you were alive, your ghost is going to be. Or the other example that I also think that a lot of ghost activity gets attributed to being negative just based on the fact that things are flying across the room, things. But I look at it from the angle of I always call it like the Beetlejuice effect because, you know, in the, because I love the movie, but it's when, hopefully there's not a spoiler alert, but when they, they die and they can't get the people out of the house. Right. And they're doing all this stuff and they kept their, their social worker keeps telling them, did you read the handbook? Yeah. You know, and they were like, no, because it reads like stereo instructor, but they're like, read the handbook. If you want to do it, you got to read. You know, if I were to pass away, you know, hopefully not tonight, but if I were, (laughs) I have not read the handbook, I would not know how to communicate with the living. Mm -hmm. And so I would do whatever it took. And I think I try to look at ghost activity as being almost childlike, because if you look a little child and wants to get your attention, it's going to call your name. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't work, it's going to be trying to... on your clothes. Right. Says, look at me, look at me. If it don't, it's going to start throwing things around. Right. It's kind of like what ghost activity is. Right. Yeah. It's like until you... So when we have people report that kind of activity, the first thing we do is we sit down and we introduce ourselves and we say, we're listening. Hmm. And I, I openly say, I don't know if I can help you, yeah. but I'd like to if I can. Well, man, can you're you starting me? off on the right foot. Right away. Well, yeah. You know, why would you immediately go to if it's something negative? Right. Yeah. Why would you go in and challenge something? The other example that I give, and I've been doing this enough that I think my dad's ghost is okay with it if my dad's ghost is around. But when we, um, my sisters and I, when my father passed away, my mom had passed away a few years prior, when my dad passed away, it was in the only house that my parents ever owned. Mm. They had it built. Um, I was born and raised there. My sisters all lived there. Um, We were fixing it up to sell it because at that point we were all married. We were in different states. We didn't need the house. Mm. And at the very end, um, my sisters and I, we sat down and we did like a little cleansing thing. And then we basically said, 
Dad, if you're still here, we we love this house, but it's time for someone else to love mm, it. You know, wow. and then we left. And I always say that if my dad's ghost was still there, heaven help the people who moved <laughs> in there if they didn't keep the TV remote on the left hand side of the recliner and keep the TV on ESPN two between the hours of four thirty. And 10 p.m. Because they would think it was the Amityville Horror House because the remote would fly around. Right. The TV would change channels, all this stuff. Is it because my dad was evil? I guess you could make that case. But no, yeah. it's just yeah. that when he was alive, that's how you do things. And if yeah. you don't do things in my house the way I always did, yeah. I'm going to change it. Mm-hmm. So I think people going into go after negative things and demonic and stuff makes yeah. for good TV. But it's yeah. not reality because... Yeah. I always look at it from the angle of it because people like, do you ever wonder like, you know, that like something demonic is going to try to possess you? And I'm like, if the devil really was going to try to like take over the world or do something, he doesn't need to possess people. He he could just take the day off. We're we're beating each other up on our own. We don't need his help. And on top of that, why would he pick me? Yeah. Go after somebody bigger or more important. So I, I don't. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I've just never encountered it. And I don't know if it's because I always say what I'm hearing is some negative stuff. Mm -hmm. Why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. Are you just trying to get attention? What is? And we tend to get more results that way when we, because again, if somebody just might not know how to be a ghost and how to interact, because if you think about, and I think that's why even some of the EVPs come across jumbled. They come across where you hear like screaming, yeah. where you hear yelling. Yeah. Are, is it evil? Well, why Why do you think it's evil? Because it's yelling. Attention. Maybe you just can't get... Cause, yeah. It's look. like Austin Powers after he's been unfrozen. He can't control the volume of his voice. Like, yes. You know, people with no inside voice. Or even if, yeah. we, if we were or suddenly ghosts. Or my kid is upstairs with her headphones on, and Screaming. I'm trying to yell at her upstairs, you know, from downstairs. And people, Hey, and, get down here. Uh, and the silence. flip side of yeah. that is what... You hear all the time, because I, I'm always talking to people who are like, well, I see ghosts everywhere. And I'm like, well, I'm pissed off and jealous. How does that work? <laughs> and they will all tell you that at one point, one showed up, and then they all started showing up. Yeah, That makes sense to me, because if we were ghosts right now, and this room was filled with you know the, the living, yeah. and we were like yelling at that guy in the corner, nothing, nothing. And then all of a sudden, you were like, hey, guys... That girl over there, she can see us. We're going to go over there. And we're going to be drawn to that person and want to hang around them. So I think there's something to that. Totally. And again, that makes I, sense. Could, I could just be making all this crap up because, again, I don't have the I'm, answers. Uh, but you know what? No, you really pretty valid spurred something in me and something I've always thought about was the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the yes. Egyptian Book of the Dead. It's these guidelines on how to get to the other side, essentially. Here in Ohio, they practice the pathway of the souls. It's uh, something, yes. you know, The um, uh, Dr. William Romaine has written and researched uh, at an extensively is, you know, Serpent Mound could have been essentially like a machine mm-hmm. of some sort where it's it's this it's this uh, consciousness shifting or uh, this place where, you know, it's connected to where you have certain steps to take in the afterlife to get to where, 
you know, your soul or your spirit or, you know, we don't really have anything like that. Our culture, we, we don't, you know, you, you don't prepare for death in that way. You know, you have your friends and family around you if you're lucky when you pass away. Um, you know, I guess the Catholics have the the, the death rites, uh, mm-hmm. the the very last sacrament. We grew up Catholic, and that's your kind of your sacrament uh, at the end. Um, but you know, it's very very interesting that maybe that's why there's so much paranormal activity is because it's just not built into our culture to you know guide a spirit to the other side. I think there's definitely something to that. I also think there's something to for better or worse, what these ghost shows are doing is that the our ancestors and the people who have passed, they're not revered anymore. They're 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 ob- they're playthings now. They're things right. that are right. done. They're these, ooh, they're gonna get us, but we're gonna do battle. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. The the way, the way that ghost hunt and a lot of the other paranormal communities right now is it's like you see the pictures of them and you're like are you a hair metal band or are you a ghost hunting group? Because you've all got the matching shirts, you've got this going on, and it's like we're not rock stars here. Yeah. We are actually looking for answers. And if you want to be that rock star running around, that's fine, but you're not respecting the dead. Yeah. And that's something that other cultures yeah. do. It's mm-hmm. like it's that they have passed on, but that is something to be revered. It's You look at even like when they're like, ooh, Day of the Dead, that's spooky. Well, not Really? No, no, no. That's not what that is for. It's actually remembering your relatives. Going back to what I said, they don't want to be forgotten. Treat them with respect. Yeah. And it's just because of the uh, skeleton iconography of the Day of the Dead, some of that stuff, you know, has nothing to do with that. It's a misinterpretation. You're lighting a candle. We're always afraid of what you don't understand. Exactly. Yeah. You're just lighting. You're setting out food. You're lighting candles. we, We do a version of it at our house. Uh, when I kind of uh, discovered my uh, my history, my background uh, a few years back, uh, every year we do a thing for the Day of the Dead for my mother and my wife's aunt, and you know cool. we we put up pictures and we uh, you know light a candle and and it really is just like hey we're still here we're still thinking about you exactly we love you yes. and wherever you're at. You know um, you know I mean if my mom came to me in the house, it, it's like that would be amazing. I wouldn't be afraid. Right. I wouldn't be freaked out. But I don't think my mother's a ghost because I think she actually moved on to the next plane. Now, can she come back and visit me in dreams? And, yeah, that's happened for sure. I've had, um, you know, I've never told this story, but maybe I should tell it on air. Um, So we did a virtual event, a live stream with Ross Hamilton, Hmm. uh, the – Serpent Mound researcher, archaeoastronomer, author, and went to his house and actually interviewed him for this event that Tom and Terry, we kind of co-produced it with the the uh, Serpent Mound Star Knowledge folks. Yeah. And it was me, our buddy Sam and Stoner, and very stripped down skeleton crew. And we're in the house uh, just setting up, setting up mics, setting up the cameras, hanging out. And, uh, you know, had a great shoot, and, uh, hung out with Ross. It was an amazing day. Uh, and that was on the s- winter solstice. It was a winter solstice event. And then on Christmas Eve, I get a, a f- voicemail from Ross. And he says, uh, hey, Mike, uh, you know, I hope you're having a good Christmas. But, you know, I just had to give you a call. I just can't shake I just can't shake this, uh, you know, something that happened that day when you guys were over in filming. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who was that woman with your crew? 
And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. There was just me, Sam, and, and Stoner. That's it. He's like, no, no, there's this this woman. You know, she had the she had a lot of light around her, and she was just looking at you, and she was smiling and shaking her head. And, boy, she's, she was really proud of you. I'm wow. like, oh, my God. I'm getting chills right now. <laughs> and Ross is just, you know, he doesn't have any reason to call and make this up. Right. He's a pretty tuned-in guy. Um, and I said, dude— I don't know. I think you met my mom. And he's like, well, that really makes sense. So you're telling me there was nobody else. There wasn't a woman with you. I'm like, no, not at all. Uh, but she just was looking at me and looking at you and she was so happy for you. I was like, well, she probably realized I just realized one of my dreams is to meet you and interview you. And she, she knew that I was, you know, had been reading your material, I'm sure, and obsessed with all the topics you are. And, uh, and I talked to Ross about it. I think it was last summer and he, he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that's what I experienced. That's what I saw. Wow. And so I didn't see it. I didn't experience it. But, you know, having him reflect that back to me and on Christmas Eve, she actually right. died on Christmas Day. Oh, wow. So that her death day is because is, I visited her on Christmas Eve and then she passed away uh, the next day, like in the morning after I had driven back to Columbus. So it was like all these it's just what is going on? That's so wild. It's cool, um, though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just uh, I don't think I've ever talked about it on the show, but I was kind of. It, it it hit me as, you know, can spirits come and go? Some of them are stuck in loops. Right. It seems like, um, you know, some of them appear in maybe like a mist or. Right. And there's so many different ways in, in um, and no one experience is ever the same. You're exactly right. And again, how does that work? I don't know. But it, but it does. <laughs> it's fun it, to think about. It does about. happen. Yeah. I mean, it's you even go down to the fact where you're like, okay, well, how come ghosts are showing up with their clothes on? Yeah, you know why? Why aren't they if like just all skeletons or something? And you're like, I, I don't know. In some regards, you could say, well, you're actually just seeing like an imprint from the past. You're seeing yeah. almost like a loop. Yeah. But if it's interacting with you, well, does that mean that it's conscious? Right. And then that opens up a whole other right can of just like, how does that? Work and that's right. what keeps you going. I, I love that stuff. I mean, I it makes me giggle on these shows where they're like, "Is anyone here?" And they hear a knock, and they're like, "Okay, ghost, moving on." Mm. I'm the one who wants to keep dig digging. into that, right? Yeah, like why are you knocking, and why yeah. is it, you know? And it's going back to the Defiance Library where we had like the the tapping along. Well, who is that? Yeah. And and when we go back. We play the same songs, but then we also play different songs, and it's, mm-hmm. okay, we didn't get anything this time. Well, it was it time to yeah. the time of the year? Was right. it tied to the weather? You know, I mean, when you talk about EMF fields and electricity, well, if you've got a lightning storm, mm-hmm. you know, you've got electricity, you know, dark and stormy night. Is yep. there yep. something to that? The time of year? Right. Or is there— Full moon. Yeah. Like, how does that—and those are— I think until we really get down to that in terms of like research, there's just going to be these unanswered questions. But that's what keeps me going. I mean, most of the time okay. we review all of this evidence and there's like there's nothing there. Yeah. And and you're like, I really want there to be, but there's not. But yeah. 
let's go back and hit it again and see what's going on. Like going back to those audio doppelgangers, when we first realized there was something there, we were like, crap, we have got decades of audio. Was there something else in there? Oh, that's the wow. needle in a haystack. You can't even unpack. How much afterwards. time you gotta sit there with cans on, like for hours? Yeah, but and you wouldn't hours. be able to know if it was you or not. You'd have to have video too to corroborate where you were on the uh-huh. microphone. Exactly. So it's and, like it's and it gone. was just that wow that perfect storm where there was a mix up, and Mark and I ended up just that's separately reviewing that pe- because I had marked it as being me. Yes. Yeah. That's really interesting to figure out how you come up with some so of those refining points as you go through it. Yeah. You know, what yeah. you figure out as trial and error. But, man, that's a big troubleshooting curve to learn after doing probably hundreds of hours of audio, record, yeah. you know. And like I said, it's like, I don't know. I, I don't, can't bring myself to go back. <laughs> <laughs> we archive it all, but I'm like, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. Well, We'll find new stuff. That was bad. <laughs> man. That's amazing. That's awesome. Gosh, dude, you blew my mind on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. It gives me something to look forward to. Yeah. Like, this that is... there's just more and more to come. What's fun about these is we go through and we make cool clips and reels for Instagram and YouTube shorts and TikTok. Nice. And we get to go through and we get to sit with the episode and we get to go through the, the sound bites. And, and I, can, I can already tell you we're, there's not going to be any, like, holding back on – revisiting this episode because oh, yeah. we get lost in the moment. And so I'm like, you know, you forget uh, what you talked about. Yeah. Our, our buddy Necro Mechanimal in there, he, he actually reminds me of the episodes because when he does the episode art after the episode's oh. done, I'm like, Oh my God, I nice. totally forgot about that. We talked about this or that. So it's always a good refresher to, to, uh, uh, you know, to, to relive it. So I'm, I'm already super excited um, for, you know, just uh, number one, to get you in contact with some people that we've been in contact yeah, with. definitely, and, definitely. Um, you know, we have camera gear. You know, we have some equipment, obviously. Uh, you know, if you guys ever needed a hand, always feel free to reach out to us. Love it, yeah. In any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, we've been do talking about. I would. I would. I mean, with, with I would James. I do a ghost hunt at, at I've been Tom. fighting these guys, Burton from and, Local Legends well, and all that. Come on, Mikey. Let's go. We're going <laughs> on a paranormal. I'm like, bro, I don't know. But I, I'd feel, I would feel. I don't know if I'm going to Cemetery X yet. Well, it, James goes. Maybe. Maybe. But see, the, I, I do that. I have to tell you, which is the one rule among the Ghosts of Ohio members and stuff, is that if you ever see me run, just run. <laughs> I always joke and say it's probably a bear, but I've, yeah. I've never. Hey, it's a good yeah. reason to I've run. I've never run, but if yeah. you ever on investigation with me, so keep that in mind. If you see me run, just run. That'd be a hell of a paranormal Dude. investigation. You're up in you know bear country, and you're like, guys, that a ghost? Oh God, go! That was bear. When I was out doing when I was out doing on these Bigfoot hunts, I'm sorry, we were squatching. Yeah, and we're in the middle of nowhere. It's the middle of the night, and. These guys are like, you hear that? It's, it's a squatch. And I'm like, you know, and they're uh, digging for their guns. And I'm like, I don't know if it's a squatch, but it sounds like whatever it is could eat me. So I'm not really yeah. comfortable <laughs> right now. Right. Like, I might have rabies or something, you know. And I'm like, dude. Or nope. it's a human being 
with yes. a gun that's unstable or yeah. somebody that you don't want to run into. Be you know, it could be a prisoner running from a prison break or whatever. Um, somebody had asked in the chat, have you ever heard of uh, come in contact with stories or come across anyone that's encountered gnomes or fairies, these spirit uh, it's been a lot lately on the internet, and they could be all completely bogus, but, um, you know, you have the Ireland and Scotland and these legends of fairies. Have you come across anybody that's encountered or not? Not that I know of. Um, I've had investigations where at the locations they've actually left things out for the Fae. Right. But, hmm. but not that there was... That was the reason we were out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've seen things along those lines. Yeah. And I've also come across small ghosts, hmm. but I don't know whether or not that's just, whether they were just little or whether or not that would fall into like Child. sort of a gnome yeah, yeah. category mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that. But we, I mean, that it just popped in my head. There was one case that we didn't get to go up to do and I so wanted to do it is because it was an old fraternity house and they kept reporting um, we went out we met them and they kept saying that the house was getting ready to get tore down so we had to move like really so we went out there we met with them and the weird thing is that they said it was the ghost of a man but it would run across the living room on his knees and we were like that's just the weirdest thing and so we thought fraternity house are kind of making things up and stuff. And so it never got around to us doing an actual investigation. And at that point, we were just like, yeah, it's just a frat house. You know, they're just like right. pulling our legs, no pun intended. But yeah. um, but then years later, the building had been knocked down. And I was just digging through something and came across the fact that that was the was not the original house and that – when they had gone in, it uh, I'm sorry, it was the original house, but they had remodeled the whole inside of it. And part of the remodeling was that they raised the floor a couple of feet. And I was like, oh, my God. Were they actually seeing the whole ghost? But it was running across the old floor. What? And, that's, and I'm like, I so was like, I want to go back because right. I want to see if we go down in the basement. Do we just see feet running that's across? Wild. But the house was gone at that point. But I was right. like. Those are the things where I'm like, I don't know why I didn't dig. I I'm guilty of dismissing it out of hand. Where I'm like, that's just too weird. Yeah, that's too weird of a story. And those are one of the cases that I'm kicking myself. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, there there (laughs) was regrets. There was an another case that we never did because the the homeowners didn't um, want us to come back, and it was because when we got there. We thought we were doing an interview, a preliminary interview with the homeowners about there being a ghost in the house. And we showed up, it's going back a few years, um, and clearly it was the night after a bachelorette party, complete with that they, you know, it was all the smell of all the fried foods that they had had for breakfast. So um, they clearly just wanted me to kind of like, show them all the ghost hunting equipment that we use. So it was less yeah. of a interview and more of a show and tell. And I was I was a little annoyed. But while we were doing it, um, several of the ghost members just were walking around just taking baseline readings. And they didn't hear the conversations that I was having with the group of women. 
and I didn't know what they were doing. But when we left, I was kind of like, it's ridiculous. There's, I can't believe I had to do that. It's just you – know. Right. And they said, well, what did they tell you about the ghost? And I was like, you know what? I don't even know. It was just some <laughs> ridiculous thing about a chair in the kitchen where a ghost sits and stuff. And they yeah. were like, was it at the little – dinette set and I was like yeah I think so and they were like we got huge EMF spikes off one chair and there was nobody on it and it was only on the top and I was like no you didn't they were like we did and they they had taken pictures and stuff and oh wow we never got to go back to go to that one and that was well I'm gonna remember to keep you on my radar anything I hear of haunted paranormal what I mean my wife's childhood home is haunted apparently but we, we I, I don't know how story. to. His wife's got some. Yeah, I go to bed stories. early there. Well, but what we like what we do is when we come out, as I said, we do not we do not make any of the stuff public. Mm. We do if we do get something, and I, it's to the point where I'm like, I would like to include this in one of my presentations mm-hmm. or to talk about it. Yeah. We don't mention names, addresses. Yeah. If it's a video it's or a photo or something. Yeah. There's nothing in it where anybody could look at it and say, oh, I know what that that house is. And we tend to get a lot of good stuff that way. But what we will do is we will have people actually look at the property, look at the address, see if anything happened there. We'll actually almost create like a mini family tree of the former residents, the former owners, trace the property back and see if anything could have happened there. We'll then look at the entire area and be like, are there fault lines? Is there something mm-hmm. there that could be not necessarily ghostly, but that could be energy doing something that could be up here? <clears throat> and we give that all to the owner. Yeah. Um, because sometimes we come across things where they think, it's the ghost of – there was a famous case that we – famous within the ghosts of Ohio of we did a investigation of a, a private residence that they believed um, there had been a fire there prior to um, them moving in and buying the house even. And they didn't know much about it. But they said that they would hear like yelling and screaming and all. well, we went and we did the um, research and we found that there had been a fire in the house. The um, it was a husband and wife and I believe two children. The fire had started in the basement. The husband wasn't home. The wife died Ooh. in the fire. But she had actually gone up to wake the kids up. They were very small and had actually thrown the kids out the window to people down below. And they survived. The, the wife, unfortunately, perished. And then even more tragic, the husband was arrested and convicted of setting fire to the oh, entire house. Damn. Oh, Jesus. So we did. M. Night Shyamalan twist. We did uh, an investigation and I... I've since gotten in trouble for doing this and don't haven't done this for decades is I picked the anniversary of the, the night of the fire. Oh, wow. But I didn't tell the Ghost of Ohio members. Oh, oh wow. And but I was polite in that around the time the fire started, we had the records. I went down into the basement where the fire started and 
I'm down there and I start hearing these crackling noises, whistling noises and stuff. And I'm all alone. And the funny thing is a, a member who's no longer in the group anymore, they had their walkie on. And so I hear the girl that's with him going, are you hearing that? It sounds like somebody's making tea or something. And the guy is freaking out. <laughs> but it, his mic's open and he's like, nobody's making tea. Nobody's down there. And they're like, Jim's down there. We should go down there. He's like, I ain't moving. I ain't moving. So we hear all of these things. Um, when we showed it to the, the the new owners, they were like, well, what do you think it is? And we were like, I, I don't know because I didn't. But I said, you know, we have done the research and we, we laid out everything that had happened. And we said the wife who had perished, she is two miles down the road in the cemetery. She's all by herself. You know what? Why don't you go down there as a family and leave her some flowers? Mm. And they did. Nothing ever happened since. Wow. See? You hear things like that. Yeah. Now, can I tell you that yeah. that's what stopped? No, I have no evidence, but, right. but I Draw think conclusions paying from tribute. Data. She yeah. didn't want to be forgotten. I get right. you. That's hey, cool. That's what Diestas Muertes is. Forget me not. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because the kids ended up going with... Her family, but they moved mm. after all that, and he he went to jail. So she is buried out there all by herself. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we still remain in contact with them, and every so often that, that became a thing. That That's cool. Every year, though, the family, it was a family thing. They'd go out there and just kind of say hi and leave flowers. And I'm like, sometimes it's all it takes. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yep. yep. And, yeah, anytime I'm home, I always drop by, always drop by my mom's grave. Just, you know, leave a little something. The girls say a little something, and, you know, we drive on back to Columbus. But, uh, you know, that's sometimes that's all it can take is just a, you know, a gesture. And that's who it. knows? Like you said, I don't know if that, that that was the reason or not. If it works for the living, why wouldn't it work for the dead, you know? That's a good, exactly. Good man. point. One last topic question. The Moonville Tunnel. <laughs> yes. What do you know about it? I've been going there since... 2000. Um, I know that half of the stories there's absolutely no truth to. Yeah. Um, the the story about the um, I think he was considered a brakeman who was having an affair with the engineer's. I don't know if you've heard that version, the engineer's wife, and the engineer found out but didn't say anything and. As I say this, I know the logistics of this are damn near impossible, but this is as the story goes, <laughs> that the engineer said, say, I think there's something stuck under the wheel. Can you look? <laughs> and the guy did, and he ran over his head, and that's why the guy's headless out oh, there. Geez, there's no. the logistics of getting a train from a full yeah, stop yeah. up and running. Uh -huh. If the guy really did get to his head knocked it. off like that, he kind of deserved it. If he, <laughs> you know, if he, um, I have been... In that tunnel, the tunnel now kind of makes me sad because uh, when I first went out there. Where is it exactly? It is, if you find your way to the Lake Hope Furnace, you can actually yeah. find your way. Okay. Yeah. I can give you directions I was just now. There last because they've, they've now kind of made it into. Originally, when I first started going out there, that you had to go out to the woods, park on the side of the road, and then you kind of had to like jump over the, the creek. 
I'm sorry, the crick. Yeah. And then scamper up there to find it. Mm-hmm. There is now a bridge in there. It's a, um, I don't know if it's technically a bike trail. A lot of horses go through there and stuff. Yep. So it's very easy yep. to actually find. Um, it does, it did get off, give off a weird vibe. Mm-hmm. But I haven't found anything in the historical records as to why somebody would be out haunting that area. Um, As I said, when I first started going there in the early 2000s, there was none of the graffiti that was up there now. And it's Mm -hmm. gotten so bad that they've actually graffitied over the the metal plaque that talks about it. The um, The tunnel does have a slight bend to it, which I think gave rise to the idea that trains kept falling off the tracks there and stuff like that. Um, I have been up to the cemetery, which a lot of people don't go to, but if you continue up the path, it's it's really hard to get up there, but I got up there in a CRV because it's like a twisty dirt road, and up at the top is the cemetery. Um, gotten some sad feelings, which... I think could be the idea that it's a cemetery, (laughs) you know, so um, it's a cemetery that has been horribly desecrated, which I think could add to the sadness mm -hmm. there or some ticked off ghosts that aren't Mm -hmm. negative. They're just like final resting place. What part of that don't you understand? Yeah, right. Sure. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I've gotten some weird vibes off of that, but um it's a neat place to visit. It's kind yeah. of lost a little bit of its that whole allure. Lake Hope area is so cool. The it's furnace like is fascinating. If yeah. you haven't been to the furnace itself, that yeah, was me and my family went. And that story has changed over the years, but again, early two thousands, the version that I had heard, which made for a lot of cool legend tripping, was mm-hmm. that it was a I think he was a guard or he, he was basically at the top of the furnace during a lightning storm and that lightning struck nearby. The furnace was fully on. He slipped and he fell in there. Oh, God. And so the story is that there, I haven't found any records of that. Why we're in a good ghost story yeah. that if you go out there during a rainstorm and so it's perfect. It's got a little parking lot. You can just park there. You just sit in your car that when the lightning hits, you'll see his shadow. It's a crybaby bridge situation, maybe. <laughs> it's a little bit like that. It's very similar to Dayton's um, Patterson Tower, Frankenstein's oh, castle yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. It's the same damn story. Although with yeah. that, that the, the legend was that um, a boy and a girl, it's, it's a big, <laughs> it's like a giant multi-story turret is what it looks like. All the way down to it almost looks like, you know, like a castle from a chess piece, totally up at the top. Um, it's a lookout tower. The story is that during, you know, a horrible storm, a teenage couple ran in there to get out of the elements. The tower was hit, kind of like Tower of Terror in Disney. Mm-hmm. And they were electrocuted. Oh. And that if you go there during the rainstorm, you will actually see hmm. their shadows up on there. They also said that um, supposedly when the bodies were found, the outline of their bodies were like, you know, soot or etched on the thing. And that that's the reason why it's boarded up. It is boarded up. But the really cool thing about the story is that the lightning strike really did happen to a couple. Um, I covered it in 
Central Ohio Legends and Lore, where people want the, like the full story. Mm -hmm. I didn't give, I didn't name them, but it was a, they, they didn't drive out there. They were actually just sort of hiking, and the lightning storm came up, so they did run into the tower. Going up around the inside of the tower, it's a big spiral staircase that in the, the wall, metal. going all the way up metal. It's a metal railing. The girl was leading the way. The boy was behind. Lightning hit the top. It traveled down the mm. rail, hit them both. A park ranger who was actually just making the rounds tragically heard moans coming from inside and went to— God. She died. The boy did survive. And they uh. think that he only survived because she bore the brunt of it. Oh. There were no Tragic. scorch marks or anything like that, but that story <clears throat> is true. However, the ghost story is that you see them both up there. Wow. I think he is still alive, but well, he didn't die in it. So you're like, but did was that the kernel of truth? Though, yeah, yeah. jeez, I'm but but I was fascinated when I, because you hear the story and you're like, come on, hitting the tower. Like I said, it's out of the the Disney, the Tower of Terror. You know, it gets hit mm -hmm. on Halloween night, and all, and you're like, this story's not true, but that part of the story is indeed stranger true. than fiction. Most exactly. Times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a good one. So many stories, man. You, wow. Well, now you, that I know what hallway to come down, you can always have yeah. it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. The maze. Uh, yeah. Like I said, it, it's it's good. It's 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 good when we have guests, it, you know, having everybody and their brother coming down that hall. It's, it's just a dream. We're so secluded and hidden back yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, works out. We love it. But we get... When people try to come and visit, that's where it gets a little confusing. But, dude, this has been amazing. Well, thank and you. Yeah, we, it's been a, a blast. I loved it. Really, really appreciate you doing this and coming and hanging out in studio. Yeah. Um, you know, anytime we get an in-studio guest, it's amazing. This, for sure, I mean, this has been we covered an, so much an ground. all-time top episode. Yeah. 100%. Sweet. Covered so um, much ground. I mean, I, I couldn't have asked for uh, this to have gone any better to be quite honest. Um, and you know, we can, we can start wrapping this up. One thing I kind of want to let our listeners know where they can find you. Um, you know, if there's, uh, we've got the, uh, strange and spooky world.com. Um, and then, uh, and then if you want to talk about your, uh, paranormal, uh, research group sure, and yeah. that website and some of those things. Yeah. Uh, ghostsofohio.org is the ghost organization. Strange and spooky world is, all the rest of the crap. So it's so you'll get just ghosts if you go to Ghosts of Ohio. And if people want an investigation or just want to read up on us, that's all at ghostsofohio.org. I tell people that we also have a, a free newsletter that we put out every other month that you can sign up for. It's oh, got cool. everything nice. from ghost stories to equipment reviews to cool. book and movie reviews. And... If you go to ghostofohio.org, not only can you sign up for it, but there's 20 years of newsletters that are free that are just wow. sitting out there. Which That's can, amazing. Which you can – we're working on trying to do a search engine within them, but they're all downloadable PDFs, which are everything from even like getting all fancy ghost hunting equipment and breaking it open and then saying, oh – this is what it actually really does do. So, mm. oh, cool. um, so yeah, yeah. So it's all up there. The easiest way to find anything about me is if you Google weird Willis. 
mm-hmm. you will find my books and me. And I, I want people to do that simply because when I was a little kid yeah. looking for the ghosts and stuff like that, I had the elementary school kids would call me Weird Willis to make fun <laughs> out of me. So now... I want people to Google Weird Willis because yeah. Proudly, yeah. you get me. That's right, yeah. dude. So Hell it's yeah. like, keep me up at the top of the search engine. Wear but yeah, that I, I turned being weird into a career. So That's awesome. God, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. I mean, you've... Lean into it. You turned your passion into something you can do every day. It's And, it, and I don't know how that actually happened because it started with even the writing. I just had to get the stories out of my head. So normally I was just rambling and telling people, I was like, hey, man, I got to tell you about this. Yeah, yeah. And I turned it into a career that I'm fully blessed that I can now, with my daughter, it's like, hey, you want to go see something weird? Yeah. That's awesome. You yeah. know, like the Temple of Tolerance, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, yeah. I, you got to go see this, you know? Yeah, I take my kids That's there. Great. I take them to mounds and earthworks, and it, it's fun. Yeah, you get to, you know, inform the, the next Spread generation. Spread the love, yeah. Spread Word of the mouth. love. I mean, it, it's... Uh, we tell everybody about places we go to. We're like, you got to go see this. You oh, know? yeah. Every yeah. time. Mm-hmm. There, there is nothing in the world that compares to the fact that you go your whole life hearing these stories about things, and then one day you turn a corner and you're like, it does exist. That's really... The, you know, I've only read yeah. about it in books. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. there are so many of those things just floating around just Ohio. It's like you just just get off the highway and just turn a corner and there's something there that you're like, I never knew that existed before. Yeah, or you're just not paying attention to it, right? Yeah, and and we are really, really fortunate to be in a state where there's so much strange. I mean, and we, they're proud of it because the, some of the other states that I cover, people don't get it. They, they don't, don't understand. When Weird Ohio came out, Weird was still a bad word. Yeah, but I would be going out taking pictures because I had to take the pictures of the locations too. Mm-hmm. So I'd be out there taking pictures, and people would say, "What are you doing?" I would tell them it's a book, Weird Ohio, and they would say. And if you think that's weird, you need to check this out. Now, that's awesome. Oh, sometimes wow. it was a relative, and I'm like, no, not that kind of weird. But but <laughs> yeah. but Ohio is proud to be weird, and they're proud to share that. Yeah. Now, Indiana, which you're not that far away. When yeah. I was doing Weird Indiana, even when the book came out, if when I was doing book signings, okay, normally do a book signing, people you got to. Bunch of people that show up at the beginning, you know, talk, and then as line dies down, you can talk to people or somebody just randomly walks up and you're like, yeah. man, not in Indiana. I had to get away from the table I could, and then I would have my wife there and then they would kind of come up and kind of like look at it. When I was out on the road covering the places, they were not open to, they didn't embrace the weirdness. It was a bad word. Hmm. And... I think that's why Ohio is so weird hmm. because we're proud of it and we're proud yeah. to share it. We want it like you guys, you got to go check this out. Yep. And there are other states like it. I mean, New Jersey is called weird New Jersey for a reason, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where they got their starts. But other states, they just don't embrace it. And like I said, when yeah. you look at it and you're like, we're not that far from Indiana, but yet it's miles away yeah. in terms of their willingness to share their stories. Now, when they shared their stories, they were some of the most twisted, dark. Their ghost stories are just miles beyond. They're wow. just, there's a lot of disturbing, half 
a lot of their crybaby bridge stories have mutated, pun intended, to the point where they've got there's multiple versions of a story where the person driving the car with the baby in it, the baby dies, but then there's a horrible car wreck and somehow there is a dog involved. And now waiting down on the side of this road for people that want to hear the baby cry is this, depending which version you hear, the most popular one is that a woman, the mom, was in the car accident. The dog died. They never found the woman's body or the dog's head. (laughs) But they're together. There is a woman with a dog's head waiting down at these crybaby bridges. And you're like, wow, who makes that up? <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, really? I think that just put me over the limit. Oh, my that, God. That <laughs> broke me. But, but you know what, man? We do a weekly show called Strange Happenings where we do anything strange in the news. Nice. And it never fails. There is, like Bub always says, there's no lack of strange. It'll never no. stop. It it's never, unreal. Never stop. Every week we cover, I mean, you know, we've taken one week off, I think, yeah. the entire, since we rebooted in November, we've taken one strange happening. We could do one every day. Gigs. And you're still playing catch And it's up, like, right? yeah. we still have well, links in there of stuff that never saw the light of day. Yeah, and, and kind of like what you we said. We really earlier. are trying to push to, you know, hey, if you come across our show, share the link with people that are interested in this stuff. Yeah, hit us up. We want to know your stories. We want to, you know, we're not a call-in show like the Confessionals right. or like yeah. our, our buddies, the Hollow Sky. They do a great uh, show called Night Shift. I mean, th- you would blow their mind if you ever called into a Night Shift episode. Oh, that'd be Jim, a great. Jim, you would flip yeah. those guys. And then we we've got some Hollow Cult folks in here tonight. I'm sure. Oh. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, we're always, uh, you know, send us links, send us uh, anything you can. Yeah, you know, we, we want to be a nexus of strange and weird here in Ohio, central Ohio. So we're always, you know, hoping that we can get to a point where, you know, we have people reaching out to us like, hey, you should go check this out. Cool. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. talk about this on strange happenings and or, hey, we have this goat. Hey, we need to hit up Jim. You know, we need to hit up Jim Willis and say, hey, dude, you should go check this out. And just, you know, constantly just and it never runs out, man. It never does. There's no shortage of weird strangeness. And, you know, we're in, I think, the nexus, one of the nexuses of the entire country, the American Southwest, which is, you know, our our, we've had experiences out there. Um, It's uh, a part of America that, you know, out there in the desert, it's a it's a weird it's there's a lot. A lot going on yes. uh, in the American South. But, but, I mean, beyond that, Ohio is, is kind of it. It's one of the major nexuses yep. in the entire country. So super blessed. I'm glad, you know, you're in the same state as us. <laughs> We're going to stay in contact. Yes, And, uh, you know, this was so much fun, Bub. Good time. I'm yeah, overwhelmed. I'm full. I'm the weird buffet filled me up. I had dessert. I had appetizers. And then yeah, I've got you know food to take home with me of weird. I mean, I, I yeah, got the to go box. Of yeah, strange. Yeah. Oh my God, this has been amazing, and I want to thank you so much. Yeah, this thank has you been for awesome. Me. Really appreciate um, it. You know, you can follow uh, James and, and Strange and Spooky you can World. Catch him on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. James A. Willis and uh, Instagram at Strange and Spooky World. Um, hit him up on Facebook. Um, you know, this has been an incredible episode. 
And uh, you can follow us at The Strange Road. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, the Facebook group is Strange Road Hitchhikers. So come and join. Um, send us some links. Uh, who knows? Maybe, uh, you know, we'll uh, cover something that uh, we get people bringing us interesting stuff all the time. So we put it in there. Put it in the Facebook yep. group. Who knows? We might cover it on Strange Happenings. Yeah. Broaden, uh, our, broaden our horizons. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you can hit us up. And uh, I'm at Mikey Leesner on uh, Instagram, at Bob Ranley, yep. at, at Kyle, Kyle Stoner, at Matt Disbro. Go you know, go uh, follow us. If you like this video, uh, please share it. Uh, yeah. And also the uh, audio version is going to be coming out probably in like a week and a half or so. And uh, if you're listening, please share this episode for anybody that loves weird, loves strange. Um, and we appreciate the hell out of all you guys yeah. in the chat. Anybody that's watching now, thank you guys so, so very much. And uh, continue to support us. We'll keep putting out um as many strange and weird things as we possibly can. Yeah. And as always, big thanks to Stoner and Disbro. And absolutely, Stoner keeping and Disbro it, and Master Control. Um, am I forgetting anything? I think that covers need it. need to talk about? I think it covers it. Well, again, thank you guys so much. You're the been best. A blast. And uh, Jim, thank you, sir. Much thank appreciation. You. Pleasure's <laughs> all mine. All right, we're signing out, guys. Peace.